Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, expert in education, child development, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a comprehensive, brain-based, trauma-informed social-emotional learning program that integrates self-regulation, classroom discipline, and school culture into one seamless systemic whole. Now, most of us by now have heard the words trauma-informed or trauma-sensitive. They are terms widely used today. Now, conscious discipline is and has always been trauma-informed. Not only is it trauma-informed, it is trauma-based. Now, what I mean is that the whole program is about optimal brain development for both adults and children regardless of what brain they inherited or acquired through life experiences. So whether the child or adult has experienced chronic stress, trauma, enrichments, or genetic abnormalities, the goals always remain the same. One, how do I help the child experience a felt sense of safety in my presence and in the presence of others? Two, How do I create an authentic connection with the child? How do I help them let go of their defenses? Enough for an authentic connection. And three, how do I teach, coach, and model the executive skills needed to set and achieve goals despite obstacles and distractions? And finally, how do we empower everyone to receive and give empathy. There are basically three types of trauma, acute, chronic, or complex. Acute trauma results from a single incident, and those we are getting more and more of as our weather patterns are changing and our storms are becoming more intense. Chronic trauma is repeated and prolonged. Complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. Today, we're going to talk about acute trauma, specifically about a massive tornado in Alabama, in Beauregard, Alabama, and what two conscious discipline teachers teamed up to do about the situation and how they showed their resilience and put it back into the community as leaders of resilience. As you know, and most of you know, research has shown that children are particularly vulnerable to trauma because of their rapidly developing brain. So both these teachers were teaching four-year-olds. During trauma, a child and adult's brain is jacked up into a heightened alarm state. Once the event is over, because that tornado came through in a hurry, the heightened brain state continues. Now, for some, that will just be months and months and months of sleep disruptions, eating, nightmares, etc. But for others who had other issues before the tornado, this could be a lifelong issue that changes the emotional, behavioral, and cognitive function of that individual. Join me now in a conversation with April and Hillary about the massive tornado in Beauregard, Alabama, 
and how through being of service began the healing process for themselves and their community. So welcome everyone. We're here today with some folks from Alabama. So this is April and Hillary, and I'll let you introduce yourself. So April, what's your whole name and what do you do and where do you teach? My name is April Carr, and I teach for the first class pre-K program in Alabama at Beauregard Elementary School in Lee County, Alabama. Lake County. And Hillary. My name is Hillary Spratlin, and I teach OSR pre-K at Madison County Elementary School in Madison County. And you guys, both of you are part of the big conscious discipline program in Alabama. Yes. That there are uh, massive uh, uh, movement in Alabama spurred by the governor, yay. Uh, and how is that whole process going for uh, you, April? It's been amazing. And um, I'm not going to say it's been easy, but it has been life-changing. And I think for me, I work better quickly. Yeah. And so once I see something that's going to work for me, I want to be all in immediately. So I think that it's been good to have the ability with the coaching and all of the extra trainings to be able to jump in and know kind of, you know, a little bit more background on how it all works so that I can really immerse myself. And do you think the coaching was helpful? Yes. Yes. So you had a coach. How often did the coach come into your classroom? Hillary? About once a month. Once a month. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that was nice. Mm-hmm. So, Hillary, how was it for you? What, how was the process? I would say life-changing also. So we um, have a high trauma school, and when we really started getting, like, doing conscious discipline to fidelity, um, we did it because we were desperate. And it changed not only us and how we viewed our kids, but it changed our kids and it changed our parents. And so it was, I mean, the impact is just huge. It was a big ripple effect. And it's, it's our schools becoming more trauma informed. Our parents are becoming more trauma informed. It's just, it's just been massive. Speaking of trauma, so you're in Beauregard, uh, Alabama, uh, and, and you're, sad claim to fame has been that last massive uh, tornado. So you must have been close to this tornado. Yes. And Borgard is a small rural community. Mm -hmm. And that is where it actually went right through. And so the impacts were a huge ripple effect on everyone in the community, whether it was their house that was destroyed or their family who lost someone. Every single person in the community Mm-hmm. was affected. How did conscious discipline, so you, you didn't go into conscious discipline tornado training, right. um, but how did conscious discipline help you when this devastation did come? You talked, Hillary, that you felt it helped with the trauma in the lives already of the children you're serving, but this is a massive acute trauma that happened to a whole community. How did that, did it help you and how? Yes, it definitely helped me. And um, Reflecting back on it, I can see even more how it helped. And it's funny, Kim Jackson is my coach. Yes. And I say she is my life changer as well. Because when we started, I think for me, it was an easy jumping in because my belief system already aligned directly with conscious discipline. So I wasn't having to take away things in my classroom. I was just able to use the structures of conscious discipline to 
align with my belief system right, already. Right, yeah. And so as soon as I started finding out about it, I was just like, this is for me. Um, but when she came in the first day, she was able to see straight through me. And I always thought I was very self-aware. And I was to an extent, like yeah. I knew that I had feelings of anxiety. I knew I had anxiety attacks. And I could get to a certain point, but I had no clue how that affected the people around me. Right. And she could see that the first day up and close, personal, having an anxiety attack in the middle of the classroom. And so where I was thinking the coaching was gonna be on what I did right and wrong in the classroom, uh -huh. it was on me. And say so my first goal was that I had to breathe. And I didn't realize I couldn't breathe. And she helped me to be able to take all of those structures and really use them to create the class family based around safety and helpfulness. Mm -hmm. And the safety was a big part. And I didn't realize at the time, which looking back last night, I realized she probably knew exactly what she was doing. I needed that safety. Right. And so as I began feeling more safe with her and in my classroom, I was able to offer that safety to the kids. So it started with you first. And at first you're thinking it's out here and I'm going to help these kids and everything's going to do. You had the same experience somewhat, Hillary. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, as you get into conscious discipline a little deeper, and especially when you go through the coaching, it asked you to self-reflect, asked you to come up with your own insights, your own answers, as opposed to what you did right or wrong. And through that, what I'm hearing is you grew within yourself first. Is that correct? Yes, and I think that was the game changer for me. Uh -huh. And it's still the game changer for me. Um, through that, we introduced Feeling Buddies, we had already been doing the safekeeper routine. Mm -hmm. um, everything we did was based around that is safe. Mm -hmm. We had already introduced the I love you rituals and doing the one-on-one -on -one with several of the kids mm -hmm. that needed it in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, I knew it was working, you know, and I could feel those connections at a deeper level than I had. But I didn't realize I was going to need that so much in the months that were to come. So now let's move up to the tornado. So the tornado comes, and Hillary, your school's about four hours away. Right. Um, and you are right in the path. And so the tornado happens, and it's just devastating. Now, you're the teacher of all these little kids. Some lost their homes and the parents. I mean, what's your... What's your thought? What's your process? I mean, how do you even wrap your head around going forth with this? I don't think you do to begin with. I remember that my immediate thoughts were, are they safe? Are my kids safe? Is my school family safe? Are their families safe? Mm -hmm. And then my next immediate thought was, how can I help? Right. And so immediately I took the steps to answer my questions. And at this point I knew that anxiety says find more information. Mm -hmm. And so I started finding more information. And so immediately I jumped in to help and did everything I could. And I learned from that that it helped me to feel better, but it also was helpful to me to see the impact of everybody else's helpfulness. So that notion that we say in conscious discipline to be of service uh, that can actually balance your your internal states and help you regulate 
uh, and I'm sure, Hillary, you knew this with the kids with trauma, mm -hmm. you know, so we always have to ask them to be of service, to help someone else, to help someone else. But you lived it. Right. You lived it. You walked down a devastated street and started being of service. And again, it just lets you know what you already knew, right? Right. Yeah. So now, how did you translate that into what you started with your families? Well, I was able to start thinking, okay, how can I help them now? We were out of school for over a week, uh -huh. and I didn't want to wait a week. My anxiety said I need to actually touch my children mm -hmm. and know that they're okay. Yeah. Um, and I also knew, I guess something clicked within me and said, okay, if I feel scared, they feel scared. Mm -hmm. And if I want to feel safe and they want to feel safe, I'll say. And if it helps me to be helpful, they're going to want to be helpful. Yes. So everything that I did from that point on was based on those two foundations. I want them to feel safe and I want them to be able to feel helpful. Exactly. And so I decided I was going to do home visits. Okay. So I made myself stop and come back to the present. It's okay if I don't go out and help the people who are directly impacted. Mm -hmm. I want to help my families. And so I wanted to take them some of the tools that they already had in place in the classroom to be able to use at home. And the heart cream mm -hmm. is a big one in our classroom. Okay, now stop there. So heart cream. So what do you do with the heart cream? Everything. <laughs> um, we had a lot of kids that also had safety issues this uh -huh. year. I think God kind of puts in your path yeah. exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. And I needed to be able to strengthen that in them to strengthen that in me. Mm -hmm. And so anytime they were feeling sad, upset, unsafe, they got the heart cream. And that was something that they could use with themselves. It was something that they began using with the other children. So you just kind of rub it and mm -hmm. soothing heart cream. Beautiful. Okay, so you got the heart cream. Um, I wanted them to have a social story. That's another very yes. big thing that has been a part of my classroom. Before pre-K, I was inclusion. Mm -hmm. And so even in second grade, that was something we constantly mm -hmm. used. So I wanted them to have a social story. I knew you had the social story about feeling scared. Mm -hmm. And so I went to your website and I downloaded that and tweaked it for the tornadoes. And then I also wanted them to have a feeling buddy, and obviously I didn't have 18 feeling buddies that could stay with them at their house, so I went and found stuffed animals or mm -hmm. stuffed yeah. people and took it to them. And so I set up the home visits, and basically when I got there, I wanted the parents to know, I love your child, I care about them, and I'm here. Mm -hmm. Even if we're not in school, I'm here. I wanted them to have the strategies used with their kids, and I wanted their children to know that just because we use this in the classroom and we're not at school, we can use it at home too. And so I talked with the parents, and I sat with each child, and a lot of times it was multiple kids because they had their siblings there, and so we all piled up together, and we read the story and stopped and talked about how they felt about it, and then we went through the ritual of the heart cream, and then we talked about the feeling buddies. And it's funny because a lot of the kids actually had asked me, well, are feeling buddies okay? And they were all, say, very concerned about their friend's safety in the mm -hmm. classroom. So I had to assure them that I'd been in contact with everybody and everyone was safe. And 
I believe, like looking back, that had as big of an impact on the parents, I think. Oh, definitely. I was just sitting, sitting, taking the role of the parent that had the teacher come in after this. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm almost, uh, I mean, I'm not a big crier, but I'm getting a little teary here. I mean, that, 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 that is so impressive. And you know what I think is so impressive is, uh, and with all the devastation and our tumultuous weather that's worldwide, uh, is that no one, I don't think, would first, not first thought, but down the line in your list of thoughts, is to have, tell your four-year-old that their other four-year-old friends made it through. You know, I mean, I mean, I know we've got bigger issues at that time, but that is such a, 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 a minor, but huge. You know, that would be my first thought as a person. Are my people, my right. friends, safe? I mean, certainly I'd want everyone to be, but I want to check on my, my closest. Right. And at four, your school family is their closest. Right. I mean, okay, that's brilliant. I'm loving that. Okay, so you go to the house, you get all that cooking at the house, right. and now we're at school. Yes. Okay, so now what are we going to do when they first show up? Right, so my mind at that point, okay, I satisfied those mm -hmm. immediate needs, and so then I went to what am I going to do when we go back? How am I going to reestablish the safety? And so, like I said, we were already doing the safekeeper ritual, mm -hmm. but I knew from my personal children, how, and my personal issue, you know, experiences with anxiety that they most likely would experience more separation anxiety again. You bet. And so I wanted to include the parents in that safekeeper ritual. And from a parent's perspective, I also wanted to give them something to let them know I'm here and I am going to keep your child safe. Mm -hmm. Because as a parent, that's my immediate thought is my child going to be safe when they're not with me? Right. And so I created necklaces for the kids and keychains for the parents that had, the kids had pictures of their families and a heart on one side, and the parents had a heart with a picture of their child on the other side. And I gave them a letter when they came in that day that basically told them that the keychain signifies my commitment to you as a parent that I'm going to love your child and cherish your child and take care of your child as if they were my own. Mm -hmm. And I do love them as they're my own and they are safe with me. Mm -hmm. And that it also signified to the child that even though they were apart, they were together in their hearts. And I walked through the ritual of how they could do that when they came in at drop off where the parent could place the necklace around the child and tell them, I'm going to work, but you're safe and I'm in your heart. Wow. So what was the parent response or the child response? Did, uh, was, I mean, it seems like there'd be some kind of physical palpable feeling about this. Could you, was it that strong or, or, or how did they, when they got, did that ritual, I'm sure the parents had to be touched deeply. It was, and it was even more than I think I realized the impact of, because in my mind, I just wanted to create that safety for everyone. Yes. And I didn't really kind of, I don't know, I guess I didn't think of how deep the impact would run. Um, we cried together. Yeah. We laughed together. I feel like I've always been able to connect with parents, but I feel like this year 
that level of connection is that much deeper because I put myself out there and allowed myself to be vulnerable to them. Mm -hmm. And they were able to see my true intentions. Oh, yes. You made, you made your intentions very, it seems to me, very clear. And, and to take that intent and, and so beautifully create a ritual around it, knowing that rituals are so soothing. Even if we giggle through them, even if we poo-poo, even if we cry through them, it doesn't matter. They are soothing. And what I'm hearing that's so amazing to me is you took something that you've struggled with, your own anxiety, use conscious discipline as a tool for yourself, and as using that tool with yourself, uh, gain insight into a very difficult, devastating moment and put it to uh, a phenomenal use. So taking something that's been a struggle for you and using it as a gift. Now that has got to feel good for you, does it? It does. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's been easy. No. And my journey is nowhere ever with that. It's something that I still struggle with daily. I mean, even this morning, I'm really working on bringing myself back to the present. Yes. And I've realized that my self-talk in my head isn't negative self-talk as far as, oh, this is going to be terrible. But it's running through every single scenario that could possibly happen. And how everything is going to go because I feel like if it can go in those ways, I'm safe. Right. And so I've really worked on bringing myself back to the present of, okay, stop. That's a trigger for you. Mm-hmm. Breathe. You are safe. You can handle this. And because I was able to give that gift to myself, I was better able to give that gift to my children. You bet. And did it so beautifully. Now, Hillary, you're four hours away. And so uh, you guys are the pilot folks. You're the uh, kind of chosen classrooms to, to build fidelity and model sites so that you can then spread this uh, like you've already done, but start spreading it to the, the schools around you and the teachers around you who are willing. So there comes out a thing to the CDAT classrooms uh, that, uh, uh, and of course I'm sure you already heard because you live in Alabama, there's a, a, a tornado. So from four hours away, what did you do with your children? Well, our children came in anxious also because they've lived through that. They know what that's like. It's scary for them to hear about the devastation and all the grown-ups are talking about it. Mm-hmm. So they came in also asking questions and wanting to know like what happens if it come, you know, if it comes here and what do we do? And so we talked about that and then we um, you know, we have classroom jobs. We've been doing Wish You Well. And so Miss Steph and I were thinking about it and we we're like, well, Let's expand this. Let's put it into use in the big world. And so we said, okay, if there are people hurting, even though we don't get to see them, we can still wish them well if we hear about it. And so we um, made a heart and we brainstormed ideas that we could do in order to send them things, wish them well. I was thinking at first the kids would just want to make cards and color and then do that. but they really surprised me with how thoughtful they were. And they said things like, um, we could let them use our school if they need one, or um, we could send them the feeling buddies so they can say how they feel about the storms, um, which was huge for me because we've been incorporating the feeling buddies. And so for them to realize it helps me 
to use them and now we can send them to someone else so they can have the power to say how they feel with them was just a big aha moment like um, you know it is getting through it is working and they are valuing the skill oh yes, yes absolutely definitely. they're like thank you thank yes. you and to realize like these kids have been through this massive event and they could benefit from that and another kid said um, we could star breathe with them so that it will help them feel better um, we could send them chocolate that was one of them so we just started kind of thinking through it and um, it snowballed from there and kids went back and were like hey we need you to bring lotion so I can make a bag for my friends at, that were affected by the tornado. Now, did you, so you're sitting down with a, a group of four-year-olds who could certainly relate because you live in a, 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 the tornado alley-ish way. Uh, but still at four, uh, it, it, that's a lot of empathy. That's a lot of being able to see from someone else's point of view to kind of understand that this is helping me so it might help them uh, and that was from children, certainly with trauma, mm -hmm. and that was kids, uh, that was the bulk of the room, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. just like three little girls no. going, oh, I got an idea. No. So it was everyone collectively working together. And so now did you say go home and get these things? Um, or did they collectively decide we're going to ask? How did that come about? So it was one of the things that we had brainstormed. And so um, they were like, okay, well, we're going to go home and ask mom to get these to bring them back. And so um, we So it was their off. idea to, yes, to go to get the stuff. Things. Yeah. And so we just, we bought Ziplocs. Um, and then it snowballed, like it wouldn't fit in a Ziploc bag anymore. So we had backpacks that we um, ended up getting and then we put everything in a backpack. It was water bottles, um, fruit roll-ups, snacks. Um, they made wish you well cards. They even made like a little video that we sent to them so they could see like, hey, we're here and we're thinking about you. And, um, and they just started getting the parents involved and parents were messaging me, what do you need, we're gonna help. Um, so they were buying supplies to send in and, um, and then after they packed the bags themselves, they made the cards, they did the wish you wells and then we drove them over there and dropped them off. And so how was that received at your end? Uh, so when, the, the, when these backpacks showed up, what was the reaction of your children on the other side? It was amazing to see and um, it was really beneficial because we had already been talking about safety bags, using them and we'd already kind of been brainstorming ways to do that. So we were able to take the bags with all of the materials and unpack them because we wanted to talk about it and then add some other things that would go in a safety bag such as whistles and flashlights and things like that repack them, allow, allowing the kids to repack them, and that was something tangible that they were able to take home and use to create that safety around the storm. And then when they saw the Wish Well video, that was probably the biggest reaction because they love making Wish Well videos. That's yes. one of the things when our kids are out, they love doing the Wish Well so much that we send them the Wish Well video. And so to get a Wish Well video from someone they didn't even know, they were over the moon. Yeah. So, so what an amazing story. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that you started 
by being of service. Really, how can I be safe and helpful? The, the bottom line of conscious discipline. Then you go out in your community, you do the same thing. How can we be helpful? How can we wish well? And all these four-year-olds just push this uh, forward with that genuine heart. Did y'all feel a genuineness out of those four-year-olds to want to be of service? So you send bags, you, you take the bags, redo them, and then they get to take a bag home to be of service to their family. They did that and they also had decided we really focus on helpfulness because like I mentioned before, I think the biggest impact for me helping others was being able to see the good and the devastation Yes. because it was so big and so overwhelming to take a step back and see how many people dropped everything that they were doing to be a service to our community to gain nothing but to be of service. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, for fame or anything like that. And so that was one of the things we focused on when we talked about their feelings about the tornadoes. We were able to use the feeling buddies. They couldn't necessarily express their feelings, but they were able to take the feeling buddy and say, <laughs> <laughs> I felt angry that people's houses were yeah. gone. But I wanted to also incorporate the, I feel happy that so many people are being helped by others. And so they brainstormed ways that they saw in the community that people were being helpful. And the things that they picked up on were amazing. And so we talked about ways they could be helpful and that one of the ways is showing gratitude. And they decided that they wanted to be able to show gratitude to all of these people and one of my little boys mentioned, I love making videos on Facebook. And so I said, okay, you know, we'll figure out how to make a video. And so they decided that they wanted to talk on the video about how they felt about the tornado. And then they took a moment to tell someone or a group of someone's thank you. And then they decided as a group that they wanted to wish all of those people and all of the people in our own community well. And so they did the wish well ritual at the end of the video. And I posted it on Facebook for them. And they were amazed. It was a tangible way, I think, for them to see how such a small thing can snowball into something huge. The video went viral in a matter of minutes. I mean, I couldn't believe I don't ever post anything on Facebook, and so I had no clue. And being able to read them the comments that people had put on there mm. kind of helped internalize that for them. Of, wow, we might not be able to go out and you know physically give these people houses, but we're able to impact people and just letting them know that we're thankful and we can see the good in others has helped other people to see the good in others. Are you seeing the parallel? You took something that was is difficult and, 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 and we could say maybe devastating for your life, the struggle with anxiety. You turned it around within yourself and, and, and used that to repel huge gifts so that the kids and the community and other schools and other kids in, in turn can take a devastation of their own and turn it into a gift to one another. Uh, uh, that's a full circle story that's uh, inspiring. Uh, certainly, I'm so grateful that you were willing to, both of you, to share uh, 
because we have people that are going through, you know, we have hurricanes, we have fires, we have so much with the weather that I don't think that many would go all the way down to the impact so deeply on a four-year-old class, a four-year-old mind, and the power of pulling together all children, all people of all ages to make a difference. So thank you so much for sharing. Another amazing story and very inspiring and the profound ways we can be of service. So what's Becky up to? Well, I just returned from an excellent vacation in Vancouver, Canada and had the opportunity to camp out on Compton Island and do some whale watching and kayaking. The most meaningful takeaway for me for the trip was how the First Nation people, and those are what they call uh, the Native Americans in Canada, could build canoes and homes without hurting the trees. You know, so in my head, I go in there with kind of my white view of the world, and you have to chop down a tree, you have to do this, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they managed to do it all without hurting a tree. They would pull planks out of the big Douglas fir trees in such a way the tree would heal over and continue to grow. And they'd never pull more planks that would hurt the tree. They knew so deeply that they were all connected, that that tree was just as much a part of them as their children. Then I contrasted that with my new housing development in my hometown where they just stripped every bit of the trees and just mowed them all down. And now they could have left some up because those were big trees. They could have left some up and built around them, but I'm sure that would have cost five or ten extra dollars to move the bulldozer around them. And that amazed me. Those trees to them had no value at all. It's not even part of our belief system. Just mow them down, and then we'll plant a little teeny bush out in the front. So what struck me from this was how far we have come or how far we are lost, depending on your views of that. To me, I think we're way off and we're lost. So celebrations. Conscious Discipline has partnered with Reflective Sciences. And this is a company in Minnesota. They have come up with a way to measure the executive function of children, I'm believing from starting age two all the way through adults. And since conscious discipline's goal is to increase the executive skills, to be safe enough, connected enough to reach that elusive higher brain state so that they can develop, we partnered with them. And they now have a M-E-F-S app. That's the Minnesota Executive Function Assessment app. And the app will be, uh, we worked with them, and we have suggestions of what conscious discipline can do depending on the score the child receives on their executive function test. So hopefully that's going up, I heard, just tomorrow. But we'll see. So check on our website to see about our partnership with Reflective Sciences. Once you see if that's something you're interested in, because we will have uh, product assessments for teachers, schools, and school districts. And if that's something you're interested in with the interventions from us, uh, we will lead you to their website and you can gain the knowledge you need. Until next time. 
I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.